Pricey's final tour of duty. I love this extraordinary magical room that I got the blessing to be a part of uh, at this great radio station and the places it can well the places it can take you. Well to your lounge room in the front of your car for a start, but also uh, to Papua New Guinea. Along with our Brigadier Dave McCammon, top fella, these guys are really quite extraordinary. And the work done by 3rd Brigade, uh, well, it really does go throughout the world. The training that they've done, and to our northern neighbours, our closest neighbours of Papua New Guinea. So we're going next week to share it with you, because only radio can do it live. With the muck-ups and the excitement and the adventure and talking to extraordinary people. Myself, CK and Beck will be there. Thanks to our army for doing that and uh, so we can share it with the people of Townsville U, uh, these amazing adventures. Also, talking to extraordinary people like our James Cook University lecturers and this fella, I could talk to him for hours, Jeff Warner, Associate Professor, he's uh, a microbiologist, tropical disease expert. He's helped so many locals in New Guinea. And uh, we, you know, we should talk more to these lecturers. They're extraordinary people at our great university. And uh, I asked uh, Jeff, uh, you know, who went to live in New Guinea and work in medicine to help those extraordinary people, you know, how it affected him. I've been around there um, for a while, yep. uh, Pricey. So I lived there back in the 1990s. And I sort of like to say that the first few weeks that I was there was sort of the worst <laughs> of my life because it was so challenging. But yeah. the last weeks in my first stint there were the best. And I think the reason that I say that is is because the enormous challenge from a fellow that originally was from Sydney arriving in a place like this <laughs> and then ultimately realising that his life in Western Sydney, you know, was not actually it, right? Um, there were people living in this amazing place with, you know, a completely different sort of um, view of the world, which was ultimately so just joyous and sort of wonderful. And that yeah, they're was, happy people. I mean... Happy people, and I and I guess you know it, it's it's hard to generalise about PNG though, Pricey, because yeah. there's 900 linguistically <laughs> unique languages and cultures, yep. and there isn't one Papua New Guinean, and you know that that's the truth of it. Um, so yeah, it is it's extremely diverse, but yeah, I think particularly in the villages, when you see the kids running around with smiles on their faces, just playing with little toys they've made out of, you know, whatever, you sort of <laughs> challenges you, right, and challenges our society and how, you know, we get wound up in not so much and we need to untie them. So I think we can learn a lot, as I did, um, by going to places like that. What did you learn? What did you come home and say, uh, you know, to your kids, what did you tell them about PNG? Well, um, when I first went there, I didn't have any, so um, so that wasn't um, a thing. Yeah. But I, but I suppose certainly at uni, right where I where I where I teach, yep. Um, I speak about the responsibility that we have living in a place like this, and how particularly in the health area we have a responsibility to help. I think that's true. But I also think that you know we speak a lot about you know the issues of the tropics. We speak a lot about what it is to to live in a place like like, like the tropics. But unless you go to a place like PNG, <laughs> I guess you don't really live it. I think on like a, a personal level, though, as, yep. as maybe you're asking me about, I it, am. It, it resets you, right? It resets what you think is sort of important. It sort of resets, you know, what you, you know, worry about all the time, right? When you can see people in a place like that, um, where you think your knee-jerk reaction is they should have a lot to worry about because it is a developing world economy. 
life is hard for many things, but people just sort of get on in a, in a way that is so resilient and positive, and I think we can learn a lot um, from, from those people. What do you think will confront us? Well, I, I think those that are going for the first time, and I know this is not your first time, but I think those going for the first time will be the poverty. And you, people will see the poverty. People will see houses that are not well maintained. They will see people that are dressed in secondhand clothes with holes in them. And people, you'll see people walking around in bare feet. You'll see a big difference in terms mm. of the, um, the, the quality, I suppose, of what p- we perceive to be the superficial quality, right? That's the first confronting thing, I think, right, um, that you see. But this is where you scratch the surface and you realize that superficiality is just something that we, I don't know, we tend to hang our hats on and we think that, oh, if you look good and you've got a good pair of shoes that you're a, you know, a, a cool human, right? Yeah. So, uh, so when you're there for a little while, you realize, hang on, like I said before, is that there are much deeper things, right, that are sort of important. So I think that's the most confronting thing. On the positive side, um, what, what you'll see, I guess like I've said already, is the joy particularly like in the children in the villages and their resilience, how young the place is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a young place. There's lots of young people there. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, that's because the life expectancy is not high. I mean, mm. I don't know how, you, how old you are, Pricey, but I'm 61. And what am I, 61? Oh, I'm, I'm 50 uh, yeah. and a few months. Well, yeah, the yeah. average life expectancy of Papua New Guinea is in the 50s, right? Really? Yeah, yeah. And are we helping them? Look, I, I think, I mean, Australia, you're, you're right, they're our closest neighbour. Um, DFAT um, are supporting Papua New Guinea. This is not, I'm not yep. an expert in this area, but uh, DFAT are supporting Papua New Guinea, have been for a long time. Um, I don't want to get all political yep. and everything, of course, but I think whether we like it or not, we are embedded in the Pacific. And as I said before, I think we are privileged in a, as a population being in here. And, I, uh, and the Australian government, of course, are investing a lot. Queensland, particularly, you know, yep. Townsville and Port Moresby are sister cities. They're, you know, business, government. Football. Right? Yeah, footy. They I mean, love the Cowboys, love the well, footy. Well, bring on, bring on 2026 when I hear that, you know, PNG might be in the NRL, right? Oh! So that's going to, you heard it here first. No. I mean, <laughs> But, uh, hey, uh, were you inducted into any of the tribes? Well, it, yeah. And, for and, one of a better term. Yeah, so I, I guess when, you, when you're there for a little while um, and people, I guess, maybe, hopefully, realise that you are authentic, you know, in terms of living there. They actually open up, I suppose, their community and their lives to you more than maybe they would if, if you were just, you know, happened to be there on a short term. And yeah, no, I, I was into um, into the the Gogodala tribe in the the western province, and yeah. and I speak a little bit of the language. And for goodness what sake, did you don't have to do? Me. You didn't have to run around in a grass. Well, paint. you see, unfortunately, I'd have Mud. to kill, I'd have to kill you to tell you. Oh, see, right? said, no, so, no, no, no. Um, well, let's keep that a so secret. So we, we we don't want to do that. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's actually a privileged position yes. to sort of be in. There's no doubt about it. And I've got you know, family, you know, okay. um, sort of there. They call me big brother and I call them little brother and their kids or call me father and grandfather. It's, it's a privileged position, which comes with responsibility too. What have you done per- personally over there when it, from a medical point of view? So I was there, um, I went there first in the, um, the early 90s. Yep. Um, I worked with an NGO there, a Christian mission NGO, and I was given the task of helping to develop the laboratory sort of system, the medical laboratory system um, in the Western province in two particular areas. So one in a place called Balimore and another a place called um, Rumgane. 
I mean, 80% of the health services back in those days was not government run, and it's still a big challenge, right, in those sorts of places to for the government to fund health services in those remote areas. And so, yeah, I was working um, in there. I was training local people how to do, you know, issues of pathology and diagnostics. Um, and then, you know, after a little while, we stumbled across some really interesting, uh, I guess, infectious disease. Well, interesting, but of course, debilitating infectious yeah. diseases, which I subsequently um, studied and um, did research on and got a PhD doing all of that. Right. And then, yeah. Um, came to JCU and... Have you uh, achieved anything medically over there that actually helps these people? Well, I, I've got... Um, on my whiteboard in my office, I've got <laughs> pictures of children, right, um, that would have died if it wasn't for our work there. Bloody hell, man. And that's actually because of this disease, meliodosis, which oh. we Townsville people will know all about, right? So I was... We, we, we um, effectively discovered it there in children and we were the first people to actually find the organism in the environment and understand how people get it. And we established... I mean, this health centre... At Barleymore, no doctors, right? Um, nurses, yeah. The lab guy, Daniel Paloa, that I helped train back in 1992 is still there. One guy that works wow. there. Um, with a little bit of help and resources from JCU, AOTHM, he still establishes the diagnostics for this disease. And even just literally a month ago, he actually texted me and told me that he found another new case, a 12-year-old boy, that it wasn't for his work there now, right? work that we established there, that kid would have died. So it's like, you know, look, nurses and doctors in PNG do this all the time, right? Um, nurses and doctors here in Australia do this stuff all the time. What I did was something that happens a lot and is a not unique in um, in lots of sort of areas, right? You know, that's true. But we don't know too much about it. Well, I if, you, if you're talking about impact in terms of research impact, people talk about the good quality journals that you publish in, but I must say at the risk of sounding like a sook, those pictures on my bulletin board of the kids that our work <laughs> helped save, that's a better impact than that. What's the future in New Guinea? Well, well, I mean, I'm I'm just a humble I'm just a humble you know associate professor yeah, I can, in microbiology yeah, I can, here. I can but, uh, hear how humble and but, uh, the things you've done. Well, you uh, must have an idea and a wish. Okay, what would you wish for New Guinea then? Well, I guess my sort of wish is is that we in Australia have a, a different view of PNG. That's I guess what I wish, right? That we're not frightened by it, right? We're not frightened by all of the bad news that we hear. Um, I think it's hard to get there. It's expensive to get yeah, there and yeah. stay there. That's true. But um, it's our closest neighbour. We were the terror. We either we were, you know, it was a territory of Australia back yep. in Papua yep. back in the old days. Um, I, I think we have a, a, a responsibility to embrace it and the people. I mean, um, to visit it, to help support its economy, um, and to and and above all, like to respect you know, the differences between PNG and Australia. And I think, uh, you know, uh, those of us that have been around PNG for a long time despair a bit when we don't see the sort of maybe the development and the um, and the good things that we know PNG can aspire to because of, you know, difficult governing a country like that. Yeah. I mean, right, I'm certainly not telling yeah. the Prime Minister how to govern no. his country, right? It's tricky. Um, but we just love to see it, I'm sure, right? And, uh, everyone that loves PNG like I do would love to see it meet its potential. For myself and CK and Young Beck going to Papua New Guinea to lay in Wiwek, what do we got to look out for medically? 
Yeah, so hopefully you've um, had all your vaccines, yep. Pricey, so that's good. So that the, um, the, the number one, I think, point if anyone is is interested in going is to seek travel medicine advice before they go, right, right. And, and seek it well before they go to yep. make sure that their vaccines are, are up to date. The general uh, advice is is to make sure your childhood vaccines are all up to date. Yep. People of our advanced age, pricey, just our <laughs> our vaccine protection can be low. Yes, our childhood vaccines, yep. so bring those up. I mean, there was even recently over the last few years some an outbreak of vaccine induced um, polio, right? So Goodness it's just mate. yeah, it's crazy, right? So measles is still like a problem. I thought polio was eradicated from the world. Yeah, right. Now well, because of Sabin and yeah, wow. Yeah, yep. So that's that's still a bit scary. But there's diseases like measles that we take for granted yep. we don't get in Australia. Um, so all of that's important. That's the the number one. The number two, the the specific diseases that we're not vaccinated for here, it's worth considering. So things like Typhoid, even cholera. Yep. Um, but I suppose the issue is is the mosquitoes, mozzies, right? Malaria. That's the, that's I guess. the issue. Yeah. Yeah. So you've taken your malaria pills, and yep. that's important, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's malaria prophylaxis. That's true. But there are many different, uh, well, many other infections you can get from mosquitoes that we don't have vaccines for. We don't have drugs for. So um, uh, the best advice that anyone can give anyone going to PNG is don't get bit by a mosquito. Right? So long sleeves, uh, DEET, Bushmans. Yeah. Uh, what do you suggest there? Yeah, no, that's uh, not- all of that is good. Um, wear light coloured clothing, not dark. Coloured okay. clothing. Oh, well, I'm fine there. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> I thought they'd be attracted to the colours, the Mozzies. Well, no, apparently they get they get attracted to um, dark colours and right. they get attracted to CO2. So when you breathe, they, they get attracted, which is why they buzz around your face well, all the time. Well, don't want to stop that. So, yeah. No, you don't, you're, you're yeah. going to keep breathing. Um, there are There is some suggestion, but I, I haven't got a paper to prove it, to say that... Um, a very smelly deodorants attract them as well, right? So just right, I'll you can, stink. You can afford to stink. Yeah, yeah, I right. think, I think that's sort of important. But uh, but of course, you know, the a lot of the mosquitoes, not all of them, will be dusk biters. So right. going out at night time at dusk, make sure you're covered up. Um, uh, because, you know, as I said, there there are viruses that mosquitoes carry that we don't have drugs for, we don't have vaccines for, and it's best to protect yourself. But tummy stuff. Yeah, so, um, yep, I, I absolutely. So it's the alcohol hand wash, which is very handy, yep. right? And using that liberally is um, is a very good idea, obviously, before you eat, right? Yep. Before you eat. If you actually go to a village, right, there's no knives and forks, so you're eating with your hands, right? Nah, so um, yeah. so that like is the issue. Yep. Um, in the villages, people cook their food very well because guess what? There's been generations and generations of a natural experiment of food safety, right? <laughs> so um, people, if you want... You Cassowary cooked medium rare, you won't get it, right? It'll be um, it'll be very, very well done. Um, and that's for food safety reasons, right? So that's sort of um, that's sort of all good. Water. I mean, WHO say that in terms of the, the simple facts, yeah. unfortunately, the, the potable water is is rare in PNG. That is water that's safe to drink in terms right. of like international standards. Um, and so those water purifying tablets are actually quite handy, right, um, right. to prevent you getting um, some of the bacterial and maybe protozoan gastrointestinal infections there too. Yeah. The bottled water's pretty well. Bottled water's bottled water's good. Um, just be careful with the, the bottles, though, because they can get a bit dirty, you know, on the top, okay. and that can you can get infections from that. But yeah, bottled water, of course, if if you've got that available, yeah, of course.